Welcome to the Dad Bod Show. My name is Todd Abrams and I'm the founder of Dad Bod Inc. With each new episode of the Dad Bod Show, we will be bringing you in-depth, rich content and taking a deep dive into the not-so-glamorous and not-always-publicized side of our guest lives. We're going to fully engage and dissect the secret workings and behind-the-scenes code to gain a better understanding into what it is like of the business of being a dad. Our goal is to provide our listeners with lessons, powerful content, expertise, real-life examples, various scenarios, and additional resources that you will find value in, relate to, and be able to implement into your own lives to help you on your journey to becoming the best version of you. So sit back and let's get started. So welcome to another edition of the Dad Bod Show, and uh, tonight we have someone who I am uh, just honored to be able to speak with. I've uh, looked forward to this for a while. We've been trying to connect for a while. And uh, definitely, uh, you guys are going to get a lot of valuable information. So um, I appreciate everyone tuning in to all our listeners tonight. We will not have a video. So um, we're going to go to the audio component, but you guys will get a ton of uh, nuggets and uh, some great information. So without further ado, I wanted to uh, introduce my guest for the next, uh, say, 45, 60 minutes. And I uh, introduce you to Mr. Ray Clerk. Mr. Ray, how are you, sir? Good, thanks, Todd. Thank you very much for the introduction. Looking forward to getting started and chatting to you about the dad bod phenomenon. It's a really interesting concept, so really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No, I appreciate you being on and definitely, uh, like I said, love to, um, what we do here is basically get into the backgrounds, the not so glamorous and not so uh, ever, I, I guess, put out there, publicized sort of um, things of successful um, dads and fathers, right? Everyone sees the success on the front end. And maybe uh, for you, like we were just chatting about, not as publicized. Um, but from that standpoint, everyone um, has a successful side, but they also have a, a, sort of a more personal side, right? And I think a lot of that goes into uh, relaying, and it's really a metaphor for life, I think, and, and how you act in other areas. So uh, Glad to uh, get uh, a chance to chat with you and get into sort of uh, some of the things behind the scenes. But um, let's uh, start off and uh, give the listeners a little bit of, I guess, background into Ray, right? Like I was saying, I was trying to uh, do my due diligence on you, and you, you've been one of the harder ones to, to find out a lot about. But um, definitely people, um, I guess, will know you from now, but um, in regards to Train Magazine, and um, you've been published in a ton of other different things you've uh, partnered, you've written, you've uh, been former fitness editor and, and different things, but let's go back even further than that. Where did Ray really start, right? I know just to sort of to give the, the listeners, I should have painted a little bit better picture. You're talking, we have an individual on tonight that is very, very well versed in, I'll call it writing, very, very well versed in, in publishing. Um, one of the top um, I'll call it trainers. He's a, been a master trainer, fitness expert, writer. Um, one of the world's, I'll call it most sought after from what I've found, personal trainers, right? Very um, great expertise, experience. He's a, a published uh, best-selling author um, with a book called Body Trainer for Men. Um, he's the editor-in-chief for Train Magazine. So you guys, a lot of you I know uh, have read that publication. Look forward to receiving that content on a daily basis, on a monthly basis. So from that standpoint, those are all the things that we see up front. But also, he's a father, he's a husband, okay, adventurer from what I know, I'll call it a world traveler. I think we might even fit in their um, background way back and maybe still today, but you're, from what I've 
her to swimmer, right? So that a water man. And even better, he lives in a dang cool place. He lives in Australia. So I think over there today, it's about 9 a.m. So just again, glad to have you on. But before we get into today's, Ray, where did sort of, how did you get into this environment, right? Into the fitness? Because for a lot of people, a lot of people say, man, I'd love to build a career and build a, um, a lifestyle and this around fitness, around um, my passion, but I just don't know how to do that. So how did you get into this, Ray? Like, when did you start? Well, I sort of finished up with school and then found a bit of a love for training, health and fitness, um, just by virtue of, of being a rugby player. And uh, this is, I went, went to school and, and grew up in South Africa. And uh, once I finished up with university um, over there, um, I think it was around the time that, you know, near on that apartheid just finished and it'd be affirmative action was in place. So it became sort of, near on illegal to hire sort of a, a white man basically you were the sort of bottom of the list so there was no ways I could find employment so one of my only options was to go to uh, the UK um, I had a little bit of family over there went to the UK sort of started a new life over there when I was in my early 20s uh, I think I had about oh it was about 200 pounds in my pocket, which was, so I was doing a bit of couch surfing and uh, always loved health and fitness, always been a big fan of Men's Health magazine and I uh, saw this job come up and it was full of sort of a, a post boy, just delivering mail, um, bit of a cliche, um, but it was in uh, <laughs> National Mag, uh, Rodale at the time, so in, in the big smoke of London and uh, Interviewed for the job, uh, obviously was super passionate about the brand of men's health, just loved it. And uh, they gave me the job, strangely enough, and I worked that job for about oh, near on two years and got to ingratiate myself with uh, the editor there. It was a new starting editor, a young guy, at the time young guy, the name of uh, Morgan Reese, and we really hit it off. And they, strangely enough, they didn't have a fitness editor at the time. So I didn't really have any kind of knowledge as such other than what I've sort of gained in, in gyms uh, from learning a bit of the old bro science, things like that. And uh, eventually started one day a week uh, working for the magazine, you know, four days a week, still delivering the mail to everyone. And then one day became two days and then eventually it snowballed into five days and, and a full time. And then I went from there to doing most of the fitness editor work. Uh, obviously keeping in touch with all the nutrition type things and it was actually one of the first times I know they seem sort of outdated now but I've just got to sort of think back to as and when it started was we were one of the first pioneers of starting the before and afters so uh, no one had really done it before and I sort of whipped up everyone in the office into shape and we did six weeks to a six pack and it was uh, quite an exciting time and uh, and then that sort of snowballed uh, I think a lot of other magazines sort of caught on to that um, whole transformation progress the before and the after photo and you know the sort of dramatic stance that that might take with people and uh, from there, we, we, we merged with a company called National Magazines, which was really fun because we got to share the lifts with magazines like Cosmopolitan and, uh, and all the lovely sides of that would have brought. So it was kind of good times. And uh, I, uh, they asked me at one because I was always hanging around photo shoots, directing those, and eventually I sort of jumped in and said, no, you've got to sort of teaching people how to pose for the cover. And we ended up using some of the shots that I took on the day for a cover and, and uh, which was strangely enough, sort of a, 
a long-term dream of mine when I think I was about 17 or 18. I remember holding a copy of Men's Health in my hands and said, damn, I'm going to get on that cover one of these days. And uh, sure enough, I did. And uh, from there, went on to, to study a lot of uh, personal training and uh, strength and conditioning courses. Um, fortunately, going through the magazine, which was is a really great opportunity to be learning, um, got to travel all over the world and uh, obviously work with some of the best people in the industry. And uh, I think my advice to anyone would be to first start off where you want to work, identify, you know, what you wanted to do. For me, it was, it was just a no-brainer. I love the men's health thing. Uh, I think I got uh, a little bit drawn in by when I was working as the, in the mailroom, delivering all the cool stuff to people. You know, they would have the latest tennis rackets, new skateboards, clothing. I mean, it was just coming in at all hours of the day in hard and fast amounts. I thought, well, you know, not only do I love the magazine, but these guys get a lot of cool stuff to test and guys are, you know, driving new cars on the weekends and testing out the latest Jeep, etc., and going all over the world. So I thought, oh, you know, that, this is definitely the place for me. And uh, I suggest, you know, other people decide where you want to work what, and, uh, and then sort of follow your passion in that way. I mean, that was certainly how it worked out for me and it certainly led to a career that I've found a lot of fulfillment in. Obviously, still have a, an immense amount of passion for uh, health and fitness and uh, met my wife over there in the UK, an Australian lady, beautiful, wonderful woman. And uh, we moved over to Australia uh, after living in the UK for, gosh, near on 10 years. Wow. And uh, so Australia's my new home, been here for uh, near on 10 years as well. And uh, greatest place on earth. Uh, I know you might argue with that being an American child, but. Well, I'm actually, say. I'm not American. I'm actually still Canadian. So I still, I love oh, Australia. Right. Yeah, I've been over there quite My a bit. My apologies. <laughs> no, no, it's good. But so you're married, you have two kids? Four kids. Four kids. Man, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> got the Brady Bunch going on in Australia. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I know. I was quite happy with two. We had a pigeon pair, boy and a girl. That's uh, awesome. And, uh, then another little girl arrived, and then uh, last year we found out by uh, a sheer accident. It was, uh, I think they've all been very happy accidents, to be honest, but we've had a new baby at the start of this year. So that was a, a very late surprise, but, you know, the older kids have been wonderful. And they've helped out a lot and uh, still been a quite a large adjustment, I would say, to, to sort of go to the point where you, you get rid of all your baby stuff completely you know just give it to friends and completely yeah that's it you know three i'm done this is it then having to go buy it all again and then yeah, absolutely you reset your sleep schedule whoa you're, it's tough you're, going. You're, you're preaching in the choir so i have 19 15 three-year-old oh okay well, well you've left <laughs> an even bigger gap than me there we go but yeah so that's awesome so four kids Wife in Australia. So let's get into this. So what we wanted to talk about today, we want to talk about dad bod, right? And you are not the traditional what I would fall into and what um, at least the US society and Americans have termed dad bod, right? This big myth. So when you hear the term, especially being in the, in the publishing business in the fitness industry, what is that term dad bod? What does it mean for you? Well, for me, <laughs> I just look at people who I guess had that label attached to them as 
what was someone who's given up? Just just someone who's a bit soft. I don't know. Like for me personally, and I'm sure it might be a sentiment that you may share in that I feel that it's definitely my duty to for my kids to think that I'm Superman. You know, obviously they're going to think that no matter how I look, but I want to still be uh, absolutely as strong and as fit, and I want to wear them out, which is something I do. You know, I don't want to hear the the notion of oh. Well, I'm so tired. My kids are wearing me out. I need it to be the reverse in my book. And uh, dad bod, I know it's probably not really politically correct, but I don't know. It feels like guys who have that label just should be doing a bit more. You know, it's not that I think that they're lacking in their commitment to their family because obviously everyone has work commitments, etc. But if you have the dad bod in the typical sense of, of the word, you know, you'll level up and that's yeah, rectify things. Yeah. I think it's a, a way of, I call it, it's basically uh, allowing someone to settle, to give someone the opportunity to accept that as an excuse. And uh, again, not, not for me, but, um, so you've been married, you've got the four kids now. Um, how is your idea of what it's, what it means, I guess, to, to be a man changed over the span of your life. And as you're, you, you've had your children and sort of um, the 10 years in Australia, different things being married, how has the idea of what it means to be a man changed over the span of, of those years? Well, a friend of mine, now this is a statistic that I can't actually verify, said that someone like my dad and this friend of mine's dad's would have spent 70% less time with their kids than than my generation would have. So I know now that I'm absolutely with my kids as much as possible. And this old sort of antiquated notion of, you know, the woman stays in the kitchen, she doesn't work, and, you know, the man's not supposed to change nappies or, or diapers, as you would know them as, uh, and, you know, the, the childcare is, is not a man's job. For me, that, that doesn't sit well with me, you know. That, as you would know and appreciate, they're young for so short a period of time, that old sort of cliche again of, you know, they grow up so quickly and, you know, they really do. And, you know, it's, uh, in 20 years, they they gone. And, uh, or even probably more so, you know, I sort of think of it as a case of, you know, once I hit teenage years, which I'm, I'm not up to just yet, my son's 11, so he's getting there. But I do notice that that drift where that independence come in, which is natural. So realistically, you know, you only got them for like maybe 10, 15 years. And so you might as well just put in all the effort that you can absolutely muster, you know. So put aside selfish notions and just give absolutely everything you have to your kids. And fortunately for me, I've been able to structure my work in such a way as that, you know, if they are asleep or, you know, I'll, that's when I'll work and I'll work in the evenings once I've gone to bed or in the day, obviously in the day when they're at school and things like that. But it's uh, important to realise that how your dad raised you is not the way it should be raised. You know, we've, uh, we've sort of progressed and, and, uh, and leveled up ourselves as parents and uh it's 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 not what it used to be you need to put in more effort with your kids no i agree and i appreciate that response 100 percent, i'm feeling that right now i just have my my 19 year old plays junior hockey and he just left and so this time i know it's he's he's pretty much gone gone it's it's like you said time flies and experiencing that also 15 year old moving on to 16 year old and next two years she'll be gone so Hundred percent, but um, I really appreciate that. But what would you say as well as 
today I think there's a lot of different skills and things that we need to relate to our kids and bring into their life as well as work on in our life. But what would you say is one underrated but very important skill that a dad should possess? Well, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's something we certainly foster in our household is, and it's due to a lot of reading that I do. I think it starts with the parent's own personal development, take charge, make sure you're always learning. Um, and then that filters through to your kids. Um, there's that old, uh, very successful book called Mindset where they talked about fixed and uh, growth mindset. And uh, we obviously try and teach, or me and my wife try and teach our kids as much as possible to have your growth mindset in place with all things, make mistakes, fail uh, as often as possible. Because I think, you know, I've certainly seen it in my kids, uh, they may not want to do something or try because they're scared of failing and then obviously you have to really encourage that failure, which just sounds bizarre, but obviously, as we all know, that's how you learn. And uh, I think a lot of parents may sort of think, okay, well, I'm in this job for life. I've got my knowledge for life. Um, I don't need to upgrade. They may have studied previously, whatever the case may be. Um, but realistically, you really should be looking to improve yourself. I know I'm not the man that I was last year, um, purely by virtue of the fact that I've absolutely tried and give at least an hour and a half each day to personal development, working out ways to, to maybe even keep myself calm in, in trying situations. There's not a parent on earth who can tell me that they've not wanted to shout at their kids. And once they've done something wrong in a, in a high pressure situation, when, Later on in that evening, you might feel absolutely heartbroken that you shouted at them. So, and you know why? Because that is the wrong thing to have done. So, if you can't work on your own self and pass that sort of ethos onto your kids, then you're going to be in a no-win situation. So, it's about, in my opinion, the best thing you can teach your kids is just to, to make sure that they don't say that they, I'm good at maths or I'm, you know, and label themselves with some sort of area of, of being either good at this or bad at that, and then that's it. You know, there, there's no room for growth. I think it's a, when you're very young, you can be absolutely, you could start playing the piano at 11 years old and be an absolute master at it by the time you're, you're 20. But ask someone who at, a, who at 11 years old, oh, I'm not good at, good at the piano. No, you're, you're still developing. You need to, a lot of that is, is changing within the verbiage in which you, you describe the world to your kids. And uh, I think certainly it has had a huge change within our house. And yeah, I've got some Father's Day cards because we had Father's Day last week. Yeah. And uh, my girls wrote, I've actually got one here on my desk. The, the, the exact words were, you know, thank you for, for all the, the effort that you put into teaching us how to surf and skateboard. So I was like, oh, you know, because that, 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 is, that is the main sort of verbiage that you want to to foster within them, you know, it's just, it's just putting effort into things. And even with them, we have a, a great scorecard system within the kids' uh, um, schools and they have a mark, which is the actual mark, so A, B, C or D, um, and then they have a, a marking for effort. 
So I don't care about the actual marks. So whether they got an A, B or C, doesn't make a difference as long as they're getting at least an A or B for effort. So if they get in that effort column, they know that they're getting five bucks. So that's a, it's, a, it's a little incentive, but you know, like you don't have to get an A for maths, but if you're getting, even if you're getting a, a D for maths, if you're getting an A for effort, no worries. That's good enough in my book. So hopefully, I think... Yeah, hopefully some of our uh, listeners are taking their notes because I think what you just defined plays directly into that that concept of dad bod, right? That this myth of people settle and they tell themselves, hey, they're not good at things and different things. And I think that's part of uh, what the issue is with the, the dad bod phenomenon where people aren't developing any further and they're just taking it for what it is and that they're at a certain point in life. So I think that's great information. Hopefully uh, people took notes there. So I guess now that I, I'll ask you this question first, what would you say, um, so far in your life, you've still got, of course, plenty of life to live and plenty of, uh, like, man, it's, you're at an age with your kids. It's going to be amazing these next few years, seeing them as teenagers and stuff, but, and then your little one, but so far, what would you say you're most proud of in life? What is your most proud sort of moment as a father or husband, um, in life today? Certainly, uh, I would say that's a, you really put me on the spot there because that is a it's a hard one to surmise your life into one, but it's definitely the kids and, and the amount of time that I've been able to devote to them. You know, I often think about um, an alternative life in where I might be working, you know, nine to five or even you know nine to eight, and you know you see them in the morning as they're rushing out to school if you're lucky, yeah. and you see them in the evening maybe as they're sleeping in their bed, and occasionally you get to give them uh, hang out with them on the weekend. So for me, structuring a life in which I get to spend as much possible as time as possible as they want to spend with me, yeah. <laughs> with the kids, uh, that for me at the moment. Is something I'm certainly very proud of. Um, they've, uh, I grew up not so sort of wealthy, um, struggled for a lot of things. So any time as well that I get to get to you know, almost take my kids, even if it's just them sleeping in a hotel room, you know, if we've gone away somewhere for the weekend or, or gone away for a holiday, something like that, that was something that I got to experience as a kid. Yeah, we camped and things like that, but it was never a hotel room. So even a small thing like that, you know, oh, I've seen the kids jump on the bed in a hotel room. I think, yeah, that's cool. I leveled up, you know, I gave them something that I couldn't give and uh, or something that I didn't have. And uh, there's untold levels of, of satisfaction that gets from that. It sounds, I don't know if it sounds materialistic, but it's, uh, no, I think it's, it's so for me, it's, it, it's certainly, uh, it's a bit of pride that keeps on giving. Certainly, there's, there's untold sort of resources of, of satisfaction to be had from that. So what I'd call that raise actually to me, it's, I think that's great. And I think what I call that is really, you built a life by design, right? It's, you're not, fitting into this traditional mold, you built your life by design very strategically and very um, with, with much thought put into what you want to achieve. And I think more people need to do that. So that's a thing that I'd say congratulations and enjoy those, those moments um, of what you've created. And it sounds like you're putting that great framework in place for, for your kids to, uh, to grow into. So here's a fun one. You've got four kids. I think you've got three that can probably, uh, use words, uh, whether they're good words or bad words in pretty descriptive <laughs> ways, but what would you say three adjectives would your children use to best describe you? And I know the, the one probably isn't um, at that 
age yet, but what, what would three adjectives be that they would use to describe you? Well, I would go definitely funny would be one because uh, I do like to joke around at the house. Uh, and very high active, uh, highly active. And uh, third one... Well, I'd, I'd like to say that they describe me as fun. You know, I'm, I'm always the one that, you know, looks for fun situations in, uh, in stuff that may not traditionally be thought of as fun. And uh, so whether or not they'll back that up, that's how I like to perceive myself. <laughs> Ask them at a certain time of day, they might say, oh, Dad's angry. You know, he can get real angry. So <laughs> That's interesting. You got a lot of different responses. Funny's fun's tends to be one of the main ones, but so you, you've had your, you've described some of your, your, your best moments, your, I'm using those adjectives and stuff. What would you say the hardest challenge on your fatherhood journey has been so far? Well, it's certainly the introspection. I think that fatherhood requires, you need to really look at yourself and, and really think about why things that your kids are doing might be annoying you. Because you think, oh, okay, well, you know, at a base level, that's very obvious that it would annoy everyone. But why is that annoying me as much as everyone, uh, more than possibly it should be? So then you have to sort of take a step back and, and just have a look at, you know, your life, maybe something that would have annoyed you um, or, you know, a trauma that may have sort of affected me as, as a youngster or, you know, even as an adult and uh, really sort of examine why that's annoying yourself and then try and take a step back from that and really start, I think, looking at the world in not so much of a binary perspective where it's not good, it's not bad. A lot of the things, they just are. They are what they are. You can just accept what it is. Um, you, you try not to change it and just try and be a little bit more neutral towards things. And uh, that, for me, is rarely been the hardest thing. It's something that I still constantly work on And uh, because you don't want to be that dad who is constantly telling your kid off. Like, for an example, like say, and this is very simple, we are all having pizza last Saturday. And my daughter spots pulling all of the pe the cheese and topping off the pizza and she's putting it on a separate plate and then putting the pizza on the one side. I said, what are you doing that for? Like, oh, no, that's just, you know, how I like to eat. I said, no, you should take a bite. Try to take a bite of it all together. And I had to stop myself and say, no, well, she likes to eat it that way. Just leave her to eat it that way. Don't try to convince and change her. You have to really respect people's ways of doing things as well as um, their perspectives on things and not try to look at it as good or bad or your way or the hard way. You just, you really have to just think, okay, this person is their person unto themselves. A lot of their actions may not shed this, you know, sort of fall in line with the, th the thoughts that I have, but it's no reason to tell them off for it. You know, you just have to roll with that. And, Hell, it is tough. I know that's the right way to do it, and don't get me wrong, I don't do it all the time. But wow, it uh, once you can do it, life is significantly easier, and you certainly reduce your stress levels as a parent. No, hundred percent. I think uh, us as parents often put much more stress back into our own lives that the, the the minuscule things that aren't as important. And if we really looked at them, I think uh, the introspective in looking at how they are sort of 
I sit back sometimes, it just makes me smile, makes me laugh because I just wonder what the heck is going through my little person's mind right? at this, yes. this, this juncture. But it's identically to uh, many of the, the little things that he's done as well. So uh, it's interesting to hear that. But um, I guess, how would you, I don't know, how, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered as a father, as a dad, as a friend? Um, down the road, like what legacy are you trying to leave and you want to see um, left for your kids and your family? Well, that's actually a really good question. And uh, it's something I think about a lot. I think a lot of dads may think about it as well. And because uh, you, you go about your day-to-day items and uh, you have all these things planned and I often think, you know, how the kids are going to, what are they going to think of their childhood when they're older? You know, are they going to, or, you know, are they going to think it was absolutely amazing? Because obviously that's all of our ambition is geared towards as a dad. You just want their childhood to be phenomenal. And, uh, and that remembering element is, is really important. And uh, for me, it's, I'll write, I don't know if it's something you do, but I write my goals down actually every day, uh, write them on a piece of paper just to make sure that they're front of mind. That's not a to-do list, that's long-term goals. And um, number one on that list that I rewrite every single day is to have a beach house that is full to the hill with family. So if I could ever be remembered for anything, it would be to keep the family together and make sure that everyone stays together as a unit. It's something I certainly preach within my kids because I've seen it with so many families, certainly even my own, everyone gets disjointed and, you know, sort of falls away as they get older. But number one of my goals is to have a beach house uh, with full of family. I want people to be there all the time. And I guess that boils down to sort of being, being the head of the family and making sure that everyone's little problems and tiffs are resolved. I think I'm fairly good at, you know, simmering down arguments between people. Um, but I definitely want to make sure that everyone sees themselves as a family for the years to come. You know, everyone is happy together because it's, uh, it's something that's very dear to my heart. You're obviously all under the same roof for those, you know, 15 years, 20 years together, and then everyone moves out. And then, you know, often people go to all sorts of different far-flung corners of the earth and uh, and seldom see each other again. And uh, my goal is is to try and not to make sure everyone lives in the same town or anything like that, some sort of like uh, controlling fatherly dictator, but just to make sure that everyone stays together. And uh, and certainly that's how I'd like to be remembered as, as the man that made that happen. I think that's great. That's one of my values as well. Family first, everything I can do for my family and, um, serve, provide, add more value. It's, I, I think it's, uh, that's awesome. So tying in with that, because you did mention family, what would you say are your best memories? What are the best, some of the memories or holidays, like or family gatherings as a child? And then even like with your kids now, what one thing, like I can think of different things that just, when I'm asked that question, it makes me smile, right? I go to that memory. What, what are some of those memories? And, uh, I guess traditions or whatever you want to call them that you, you've created or have, um, enjoyed absolutely so, so certainly uh because we live on uh 
within a river system. So we live on somewhat of an island. It might sound slightly idyllic, but it's, it's a little bit more suburbia than, than what I describe it. So we live in an island in the middle of a, of a river system. And uh, from that island, we have a, uh, a very unique surfing wave. I'm a, a super, super keen surfer. And uh, I'd certainly say that uh, probably my best memory of all time really is, is to sort of see there was a time when I was on the beach and all three of my kids won on consecutive waves on this little, they were, each of them had managed to get up. It was just, you know, years and years of work and they were all just absolutely elated. All three of them just chatting to each other and trying to sort of uh, kick down on the waves and then paddling back out to me so I could push them onto a few more. And that certainly stands out in my memory. As, I don't know whether it was just, obviously they embracing a sport that I absolutely love and then obviously, them all doing it together and all the culmination of uh, the training, or not training, but, you know, the practice that it took to, to make sure all three of them could stand up. And it was just, uh, you know, the sun was setting in the background. It was certainly my, I'd say the highlight of my life without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. And then sort of, a, uh, I think, I guess a, a fairly close second to that is, is, uh, is watching my son catch fish. I don't know why I seem to like it so much, but it, I mean, he's a super keen fisherman and he's really just branching out with, uh, by himself, jumping his bike and fishes down the local creek. And uh, just to see him fighting a fish, right. when he's absolutely using all of these muscles and he's, oh, he's a dad, please take the rod. And I said, no, no, you can either lose the fish or, or learn to fight it yourself. For me, that, that was certainly one of the better moments. That's awesome. The, the surfing thing hits home, it's funny because my daughter, I told you, just turned uh, 15 and I told her, hey, what do you want to do for your birthday, dad and like me and you are going to go do something. And she picked surfing. And she was, so we went out to Huntington Beach, uh, flew out there for three days and it was flipping cold. It was 52 degrees. <laughs> the water was probably 40 something. And I was the guy like the party pooper, right? I'm in the wetsuit, freezing. And she's just loving it. We're right there three and a half hours. But, man, she got up on the first couple waves, and she's just absolutely um, – we're big snowboarder people and stuff, but she uh, loved surfing, and that's what she wants to do now. She wants to go to Hawaii or to Australia or Fiji, somewhere like that um, the next time. So I can just uh, – those memories, just getting her up and stuff, I can definitely resonate with that. So, um, But, yeah, it's uh, absolutely incredible stories. I'm sure you're going to have more of those. The fishing I can relate. I grew up in the same sort of – little thing my 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 older one now who just turned 19 he's the same thing big fisherman even from like two three years old and just those memories make me smile so that's that's awesome that you're uh you're building those memories and and really um bringing that stuff home so i guess i know you gave a little bit of information and sort of things in regards to some advice but what three top pieces i'll call it of advice or nuggets um would you give a new father, an expecting father, or maybe just a dad that's sort of stuck or struggling where they are today? Maybe they're like they they settled, right? Maybe they've had one kid move on, or um, they got some empty nest going on, or maybe they're just they're, they're having hard times, right? What three pieces of advice would you give them at those different stages to really to to help them to uh, hopefully take that that information and do something with it? Well, if if they're uh, if they've just had one kid, I'd certainly I know there's a few little scenarios that you played out there. I'm an only child myself, which is why I sort of believe family is, is so important. You know, I never really thought I'd have a big family, um, but 
I see it a lot now with a lot of dads and they'll say, oh, okay, well, you know, I've, I've got, I've got one child and, uh, you know, I'm just waiting for the things to be right financially to, before we have another one. And, you know, don't wait. Yeah, it, you'll always find a way. Everyone thinks kids are so expensive. And yeah, I'm, I'm still fairly new to the game, but they're not that expensive. Yeah. And uh, you will eat, you know, beans on toast if you have to, to make sure that things work out well for your kids. You will sacrifice the world um, to make sure your kids have the best of things. So don't ever think that they are a financial burden because in actual fact, they're quite the reverse. I found them highly motivating. Um, to make more money if you need the money you, you'll make it because you've now got an incentive to do so so it's a it's a very important life lesson that i think a lot of dads miss especially you know new dads or, or dads which just might just have be settling on on one kid i don't know being an only child myself i would love to have had brothers and sisters um don't stop at one don't you know have more <laughs> that's definitely a, a a solid piece of advice that i would suggest everyone has you know a family is not a family until there's at least two kids because they can rally together to sort of bad mouth mum and dad when mum and dad aren't there you know that, that's another dynamic that you you need to sort of foster um but uh moving i guess that's one piece of advice and uh the other ones what i certainly suggest that you know don't be too critical of, of your kids. That's certainly one thing you can try and sort of make sure that they are fulfilling all the sort of dreams that you may not have, sort of, you know, been able to fulfill within your own life, but just cut them a bit of slack. Let them be who they want to be. I think that's the most important thing. And they're all going to have strengths and weaknesses and, you know, just don't be too critical over them. I found myself falling into that trap and it's very easy. Oh, you've done this wrong. Pick up that, do this. Just let them roll with it. And a lot of the time you find that the stuff that you were previously critical of really doesn't matter, you know, it's in the grand scheme of things. And uh, and then the last thing I would say is certainly the key to, to a very <laughs> happy fatherhood is something we do, oh gosh, near and every night, is uh, we've got a, a lounge and we haven't put a coffee table in front of the TV or anything. So it just becomes a wrestle room. So, no, you know, the kids, <laughs> the kids, so, uh, there's something about it, like roughhousing with your kids. I mean, <laughs> this is how I start off. I say, look, Okay, we have a wrestle. We'll stop when someone cries. Like, okay, yeah. well, everyone's accepting of that, you know. And it's, no one was going to make someone cry. But I mean, inevitably, you know, someone gets a boot to the face during the course. And then it's okay, you know, okay, this one's, you know, she's upset or whatever the case may be. But they love wrestling. They love roughhousing. And, and, and it's like a, I guess, an interactive hug. You know, hugging's cool. And, you know, you'll hug them, you know, three times a day, etc. but having a good wrestle with someone and, you know, really testing them, even if it's, I'll try and get them and do a game where, you know, I'll pin one hand behind my back and say, all right, you know, I'll wrestle all three with you just one hand, see if I can, oh, I can take you off for, you know, and they absolutely love it, you know, and, and usually, I mean, sometimes it's, you know, me who cries, I'll cop, cop a fist to the face or something and all right, time out, that's enough. But, you know, do that with your kids, get, get physical with them and to the point where it's, uh, if you had to deliver that almost like physical pain to them, like in an angry manner, they would cry. But if you're doing it in a playful manner, they just seem to, you know, you just, you know, you could hold them down and they laugh and give them a tickle and things like that. It, 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 there's a certain sort of dynamic and, and closeness that that builds with kids. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So it sounds like uh, you can just hear the, the passion in your voice and just the, uh, I can see the 
can't see it, but I can uh, hear the enjoyment and joy in your voice. So that's great. But so I know you said you're sort of the mysterious man, right? And we learned a little bit and stuff. But where can tell the readers where they can find you? Can they find you online? Where's the best place if they someone wanted to connect with Ray? Is it uh, is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Do you have a website? Um, what what's the best place they can connect with you? And I guess the next question is also where can people go to find and purchase Train Magazine and learn a little bit more about, um, I guess, reading some of your articles and different things? Well, it's kind of a tricky one, to be honest, and I'll explain all my reasoning behind it, is that a few years ago when I first started the family, and uh, or probably hadn't just started them, you know, I had the Facebook page and you know, I was already keen on, you know, I'll get the profile out there. But nowadays, I'm of the opinion that anonymity is almost the new fame and there might be a certain amount of irony with me saying that whilst being on your podcast. Um, but I don't, I just took a little bit of issue with putting my kids photos on any kind of Instagram or, or Facebook or things like that. If I want to share photos with the family. I just do it via, you know, I'll just send them over to, to the family who are overseas. And uh, for me, I, I tend to, tr- sort of so much of my life is focused around the kids and my honestly I feel I think you said it earlier but I've got a life by design I'm living in the town that I want to live in um, I believe for me it's the best town that I could possibly live in in the world um, and that's why I'm here it was something that I a goal that I set for myself years and years ago I've certainly achieved it and uh, I don't really feel the need to sort of share what I do on a daily basis uh, with the rest of the world. So I I don't have Instagram, I don't have Facebook, I don't sort of promote anything. I I feel like I wake up every day, uh, anything that sort of tends to make my ego any bigger, I'll view that as someone has been enemy. I'll try and keep ego down as much as possible and, and just try and be anonymous. It's how, it, might, it, it goes against everything everyone else is doing, but I'm, I'm more than content with my family, the stuff we do, and uh, I don't really sort of feel the need. And, and not to say that it's wrong, but uh, I, just myself personally, I just, I just like to sort of enjoy the moment and, and enjoy the time that I have and just <laughs> selfishly keep it all to myself. Oh, I, can, I, I, I don't want to share it with anyone else. I can appreciate that. But where can people then go to find Train Magazine if they want to? Well, well that's in, uh, that's in uh, every order of bodybuilding.com. Um, yep. Otherwise, you can download the app. Um, and uh, it's also on sale in major news outlets throughout the UK and US. Um, now uh, branched out into the Middle East as well, which is another feather in our cap. And uh, so you, you can get it either buy it or just get an order of bodybuilding.com and then you'll receive a copy thereof. So, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's, uh, that's where I'm at with that. So, well, no, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's uh, your schedules, you're very uh, between your family and your work and different things. So, I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time and giving us a little bit of insight. Like I said, I've read lots of your articles. Um, I was looking and it took a read at different parts of the body trainer for men. And that's the main thing that comes up, but um, definitely look forward to meeting you hopefully next week at the Olympia and putting a face to a name. And um, like I said, we've gone back and forth via email and text and stuff. So definitely uh, looking forward to connecting and getting to know you better. And again, I appreciate, really, really appreciate the time you took today. I think you dropped tons of uh, information, great nuggets. Um, I love, love, love to hear the passion and joy in your voice. 
when you speak about your kids. And uh, that's something that I share with you. And it's, uh, like I said, I, I build my life around family first as well. So congratulations on building your, your life by design. And uh, can't wait to have you back on and hear more stories about the fishing and the surfing and everything else in between. But um, we'll look forward to, like I said, connecting next week. So I do appreciate the time you took today and uh, to start your day. So um, with that, guys, take a note, hope you did, and I hope that you share this information with someone that needs to hear it. Maybe there's a dad, maybe there's a, a friend, a coworker, or something that just could take some of this and resonate with what Ray has, has uh, provided and really say, hey man, let this set in and really look at where different pieces of, of your life fall. So guys, I appreciate the time. Um, if you found value in this, this will be up on iTunes, on Stitcher, and a bunch of other places. Share it with someone. Give us a review. That helps us greatly, guys. And I appreciate everyone tuning in. We will have another episode in the coming weeks. So thank you very much. And without further ado, we were going to uh, move on. Have a great night, guys. And we will talk to you soon. Take care from the Dad Bod Show. <laughs>